Alright, guys. So, finally getting on to the authentic sci-fi show. We'll probably think of a better t- name for that. <laughs> uh, boldly going where everyone's gone before. Uh, <laughs> um, so, I'm going to introduce you to my my co-host for this show. That's going to be my friend, Nick. Hi. A little... Got a few more years on me, and I know he's got some different. Uh, uh, actually, starting here, one of the things I said last week in the podcast, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen it yet, um, when I was telling Lincoln what he should actually watch, I, I told him that Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery are some of my favorite shows, and that he should watch them as a Star Wars fan. I was like, I was pretty sure you'd have a different perspective on that because. Did you enjoy both of those when they came out? Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Star Trek Garden, what was the other one you said? Discovery. Discovery. And I, oh. I know you enjoy Discovery because, yes. you know, for the... Season 4, 18th of November, FYI. Yep. And I'm not... Well, <laughs> hey, I know you enjoy it because you got the, the jacket. I did. <laughs> the shirt. I did. Jumper. <laughs> the jumper. So, the Star Trek Discovery jumper. I, I didn't even need to see it from the front. I knew what it was from behind. But... You know, um, so Nick's got more of a passion for sci-fi than I do, which is great. Cause like, but which one have you been sci-fi in general or specific? I'm a really specific type person. I don't I If it's good, like I, I have happily watch Star Wars. I have no issue with Star Wars. <laughs> I, I like the live action movies, the cartoons, eh, uh, don't know, but I'm more of a Star Trek kind of person. Look, I didn't mind, you know, I like the movies, you know, it was a bit quite like Galaxy Quest, Sea Quest, <laughs> DSV, that's an old one. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, th- that's that sort of jo- genre, you know. I, I do, you know, go out of the Star Trek things every now and then, but that's that's my jam. No, well, I, I started with Star Trek. Yep. I think I was six. Can't stand the original series. Oh, sorry. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I, I enjoy some of the original series, like mm. one or two episodes. Yeah, but I can't go back. And, the whole submarine thing in space to me just doesn't work anymore. Mm. Um, especially when you add on Discovery and you see these ships that have nothing to do with that that beep and that sonar, yeah. <laughs> wheel, 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 I, I, or whatever it is. <laughs> I know they took um, you know submarines in space to that you know that degree, but. But I mean, we did get what flip phones and other things from yes, from Star Trek, we and, did. you know, um, technology. But I mean, I also, I think I watched Stargate before I watched. Um, oh, lo- I love Stargate. Sorry, yeah, not no. not the one with MacGyver. Who's that MacGyver? Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson. That was okay, but I tell you, the one I really liked was Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, no, I enjoyed Atlantis. I think the SG One series. Because I watched the movie first, mm. and so watching James Spader, I did like that movie. I like James Spader. Yeah, so I love James Spader. Uh-huh. But watching Daniel um, um, Michael Shanks take over from from James Spader, mm. I thought, man, I couldn't even tell the difference originally. Mm. Mm. Um, but then when I, you know, I, I just love Michael Shanks' performance. So my dad was a MacGyver fan. So was my mother. Um, she used to watch it all the time. So I mean, I watched it, and the, the amazing things you could do with the Swiss Army knife and duct tape. <laughs> you know, you know. I, funny, funny thing is, I went and watched the new MacGyver. Oh, I can't stand <laughs> and, it. Oh. 
I actually didn't mind it, but I know my father okay. couldn't stand it. And only because, you know, the, the updated version, you know, never doing everything on your own, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, Star Trek for me, that it's it's always been interesting because it's continuously updated. Even when it goes back in the past or updating, it's, it's, it's interesting how they play with the time frame. And um, my favorite movie for a long time was um, First Contact. Yes. Um, Assimilate this. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't just because of that. Mm. I think because I loved Undiscovered Country. Mm. Oh, that's of the, sorry, of the original series. That and The Whales is my favourite movie, Undiscovered Country. The Voyage Home. That's it. Yeah, I love those two. They were good. The movies were good. The The first couple were a bit, ooh, you know, with the flying into Vigier or whatever. Vigier. Vigier <laughs> and, and the one Cybok and they had to pass the galactic barrier and all that. I was oh, that was all right. But <laughs> though, Undiscovered Country, I love it. Going and facing God. Yeah. Um, but... That's, Don't you know? Aren't you God? <laughs> it's certainly an interesting <laughs> that one. Uh, speaking of which, William Shatner went to um, I know to space. Did you see what he um, said to the flat earthers when he got back? No, I look. It's funny. As I was just leaving work to come to the podcast today, I was about to read. I was just reading the news, and that was the next story up. And I was like, Oh, I'm late. I've got to go. <laughs> And yes, but no, what did he say? He, he said, um, to all the flat earthers out there, he said, I've been to space. Yes, it's round. But if it wasn't, the cats would have pushed everything off before now. <laughs> it was just, uh, and then I watched him do something else, um, like a autocomplete. He, was, he didn't take any of it seriously. He's like, yeah. William Shatner does... Does he? Uh, what's his favourite film? Oh, there are so many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, just that that humour. Um, very interesting. <laughs> what did you think about the J.J. Abrams films when they came out? Being a Star Trek. Um, I I liked them. To see them once, and I'm happy. Do I want to watch them again like I do with Next Gen? Like, you know, um, they got Voyager and Deep Space Nine and all that sort of stuff on Foxtel. Yep. Happy to sit there and watch those again. You know, um, my in-laws, if it's on at their... Not, not that they purposely watch it, but they might flick through the channels and I'll go, okay, ask Nick what this episode is. There's a guy and he's doing this. And then I go, okay, that's the episode. Okay, what's the season? They do that. Happily watch that again, but... The movies, oh, I was happy to see them once, and it was like, yeah, next. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. But even during, I sat there in the first one, um, my 30th birthday, I sat in the first film, and I'm judging it to Star Trek standards. Yes, I think that's what I did. And, and going, this is Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a surprise to me to find out J.J. Abrams um, thought it was a Star Wars. <laughs> he wanted to make it into a Star Wars film. I couldn't handle the phases doing, you know, the Star Wars fires, you know. I, <laughs> yep. Um, but they used that in Picard. They did. Those phases are doof, doof, doof in Picard. Um, so, I mean, just, you know. And um, uh, Discovery. Sorry to interrupt. No, no. It, it, that's, that's the thing. They, they've updated... Mm. Discovery at the start was using the old style phases mm. and then they come to the forward of the future. So it basically saying that the Kelvin timeline got it first, but 
Mm. But it, it was still, I don't know. It, I really enjoyed the second film. I know, even mm. though it was a calm, I hated the first calm film. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, me too. That was annoying. You know, um, and I love Benedict Cumberbatch as an actor. So watching yes. him play, didn't matter if he was playing Khan. I thought he did a better job than the first guy. So yes, um, yeah. Look, look I, maybe I, I rephrase my answer. It's not because of what you said, but I did like the last one they did with Idris Elba. Star Trek it, Beyond. That's it. Yes, that was that was a good one. That was a good that one. one I watched that. Simon Pegg wrote that. Yes, I like Simon Pegg. And, and, and wrote it because he wanted to have more of a Star Trek feel. Mm. Funny enough, it was the one I had struggled with the most. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Uh, but I, I think the other thing about those movies, particularly that Star Trek Beyond one, was that, and those new ones, is that they pulled a lot of high-profile actors that you would not normally see obviously Patrick Stewart having done Professor X and X-Men and all that sort of stuff which he did after Next Generation correct he's he's Hollywood royalty or whatever you want to call it but it was good that the new those Star Treks they brought you know people like Chris Pine certainly Simon Pegg um, Thor what's his name Chris Hemsworth Idris Elba all those sort of people that you wouldn't well they even weren't really known back then yeah, no, but 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 to to bring them in like a different sort of to step outside of the normal plate that you the almost a thespian correct yes the the, the usual um, character call list it was good yeah. that they did that I liked it and I think I think that they did it well like certainly um, Chris Hemsworth you know um, as Kirk's dad. And Before the muscles, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, it was just, it was just good to see a bit of fresh. Yeah, that's a different, and obviously that's what JJ brought to it. I, I, for me, it was seeing Leonard Nimoy play off against himself. Oh, it wasn't that good, and he calls him dad at the end, and he. <laughs> um, to, to what was he says to 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 give my usual greeting with be oddly self-serving. self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> but that that for me because I'd never seen a Spock like that because mm. Leonard Nimoy's Spock was so calm very rarely get angry and everything Zachary Quinto's Spock did came from a stem of anger <laughs> like, yes he never really let go of that anger um, that was actually one of the things that I hated the most um the guy that played Sarek in that film, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the classical Sarek. Um, he played it like so well in the original, and then in Next Generation, yes. and yep. you know, it just I couldn't get behind Sarek. And yet, in Star Trek mm. Discovery, oh yes, the guy that played Sarek in that, totally on board with. I, I was thinking about that. I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to divert what you were talking about. But now that you've gone there, yes. I, I liked him. He was really good, and he he really fit. Um, he really fit that role, and really fit the parent. Like you know how they cast characters, and they don't, that was a really good character fit for mm. him to be Sarek. So, so totally agree with you. Well, it, for me, it was Vulcans in general. Mm. In that, in the the new films were very much broader and mm. more rigid, and that you know, 
it, they just look thicker. Mm. I can't explain that better than that. The Romulans also look thicker, the mm. thicker ears. I think they. Like, you didn't, I don't can't remember seeing many Romulans in Star Trek Enterprise, but I liked. I liken them to the Vulcans in Star Trek Enterprise. They had that thickness. I get what you're talking about. But yeah, but even in the originals, the Vulcans. I mean, Vulcans and Romulans had a, a, a similar ancestry, mm. and that plays out in Discovery, where you know, they come together. And I'm never going to be able to take Vulcan out of the. Mm. <laughs> finding out Vulcan had changed its name was <laughs> I can't remember the new one can you <laughs> Navarre Navarre uh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Vulcan nah. and Romulus I get mm. Navarre was mm, anyway mm, nah don't get that one either but that and also the Klingons in it, it just in the um, the movies that was hard for me after having Worf as a I know Michael Dorn played it so well and then suddenly you've got I could get behind it in Discovery. It took me a while. Yeah, they were really different. I yeah, I, I must admit, first thing I was like, "Oh, what's this?" Um, Especially okay. when they're talking about eating the previous captain. <laughs> yes, I know. I got the bones off her skull or something like that. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it's certainly an interesting. That doesn't happen in Star Trek. I mean, we know it happens, <laughs> but you don't hear about it. You know what? I remember seeing Patrick Stewart saying he was really affronted with the the language that was allowed in the Yes, car. so was I, because that's that's not like the the biggest swear word I've ever heard that was when the Enterprise D was the saucer was crashing in the planet and Data goes, Oh beep and I was like, Oh But you didn't oh, you didn't hear it. It's like No, yes. And you go, Oh, oh, okay. But then discovery with the Fs and the whatever like well, Picard was worse. We're not in... Yeah, I know. Um, Admiral Picard, would you just shut the truck up? <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, we're not, we're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. <laughs> it, it was certainly an interesting um, expression of... I was suddenly missing Gene Roddenberry. Mm. That's probably been my one main criticism of the new series, that the... The great vision he saw for the future of humanity coming together and working towards a brand new, all-inclusive um, society. A couple of generations later, literally tearing themselves apart again. Yeah, I mean, and, and okay, Picard had the Romulan. I mean, I was starting to think, doesn't Starfleet does do background checks? You know? How, how did so many of these things happen? How did Picard get kicked out? Um, how did the, you know, everything they set up with the Romulan homeworld and Picard and Spock trying to save them and then suddenly that's the wrong thing to do? It's like... I didn't, I, yeah. I, I must admit about Star Trek Picard, the first couple of episodes, the first few episodes were a bit hard to digest because mm. I exactly what you're saying it just didn't marry up now look I get things go wrong and all this sort of stuff it can't be always perfect but you would have thought you know with all the stuff that they talked about in next generation where this doesn't happen anymore and they got rid of this and they got rid of that you would think that like how did this stuff creep back in because everything is so structured and helping and all this but then everything's gone to yeah. the pack and it's like oh okay um, 
that doesn't happen and and you know maybe obviously Picard wasn't the commander-in-chief of Starfleet and and you know but you know I would have thought that instead of him having to resign they would have said look great point love everything you've said it's not a no but just not today so you keep being an admiral somewhere and <laughs> do stuff but and then he did that and, and then even um, when that other admiral called up Raffi and she goes I'm going to get fired that, that's not Starfleet but no it, it I mean it's today's world very much so correct and, yes. and, and I saw the producers talking about the fact that they wanted to um like the original Star Trek show the 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 vision that the world had at that point. Mm. I kind of think. I mean, if we go back to the 60s, 70s, and 80s, it was not as it was about the the fact that we were segregated. So having having a unified crew and, and having Nichelle Nicholas on the on the on Enterprise was a big thing, and, and you see bits and pieces of that mm. um, with the Android story. That was already covered with data. It was. It was like. I mean, my personal opinion. It was like. It was like they just put the formula bits in there. Like, oh, we've got to have that. We've got to have that. We've got to have that. But there was no rhyme or reason. Like you, you watch things like the Next Generation, and when they'd have a particular storyline which was a bit confront confronting, it had a reason. Like it had a reason why this group was disenfranchised or why this had to happen or why they were against that. But in Picard, it seemed to me like they just add, oh, we've got to have this. Okay, put that over there. Oh, we've got to have this. Just put that there. We've got to have that. But it didn't link into the... So it was like you're watching and you go, oh, that's strange. But it didn't tie it in and say, okay, well, this is why we had that and this is what, you know... It will That's be, how it felt to me. It will be interesting to see where they go because I've I've heard rumours that the Picard will be meeting up with Discovery, um, that he was high enough a rank to maybe know about Discovery in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they're doing time travel. Mm. Um, well, he's mentioned Picard is actually mentioned in Discovery. Um, so it was it the previous season or the, the new trailer? Yes, the the previous season is just gone. Um, Burnham pulls something from the library computer and it's she asks a random, you know, tell me all about this. She doesn't Spock. ask ask about Picard specific yeah, something is about something about Spock. And the computer says, Oh, this is taken from the classified files of Admiral John oh, Jean Luc Picard. Oh, okay. Unified because next generation yeah. Spock was with Picard when they went for mm. unification. Yes. Mm. I so I that. thought that even though it was a very loose link, they yeah. are linking it. Yeah, it'd be it would be certainly interesting to see where they go with that. I'm looking mm. forward to that. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I don't know. I haven't even watched the new trailer. I'm kind of wanting to go in blind. I I have heard that Vija. No I have heard that though that this this unknown source or whatever is signal that they rumors are that it could be Vija in discovery. In discovery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rumors are it could be Vija, and I'm like. Really? We're going back to that? Yeah, yeah. However, the AI invasion that almost happened in last season of Picard, that... Because the whole time I was thinking this is the Borg. But That's the, what I did, The too. Borg looked like they wanted to wipe them out just as much as anyone else. So, I mean, that to me was interesting because I immediately went, oh, maybe this is Vija's... Because the only other tech human that I'd ever seen in Star Trek was the Vija storyline. Yeah, line. yeah. Um... 
and that they'd wiped out humanity. And they've never really said where the Borg come from or how they started, unless I'm missing something. No, but there was a novel, um, obviously in um, Star Trek, it's either canon or not canon, depending mm. on the producers. But there was a canon, uh, uh, originally a canon novel that William Shatner wrote where the Borg, after um, after Kirk dies on the planet in Next Generations, the Borg oh, trans- reanimate him. transport yes. him, reanimate him, and then he and Spock have a conversation where Spock says that, you know, the... the the hive mind did not attack him because he was considered already part of the hive mind. Yes. Where and the only way he prof, uh, theorized was the the Vija interaction. Um, yeah, they haven't explained, but we know from Star Trek Voyager that that um, the Borg originated in the Delta Quadrant. Yes. It would be interesting to see how. And where did because I don't know. Him, I don't. Vija in, in he um, originated on Earth, obviously. Right. We don't know where he went. He could have gone to the Delta Quadrant, but I don't think there was enough time. I feel with that they're gonna they're they're leaving that to blow our minds. I reckon in some series, in some way, they're gonna circle back to where the Borg come from. It's gonna blow our minds. Well, I have no idea or thoughts, but we obviously know that um, Star Trek Discovery is dealing with. They've just dealt with control. Mm. Picard's still dealing with Borg. And, and um, so we know there's another Borg Queen. Yes, that's a spinning out. Like, is does that? I'm inferring from that that obviously Star Trek, Star Trek, obviously Starfleet captured a queen and they've got her. No, in some apparently it's the exact same queen. Um, and because this is what I was just oh, reading the, on the D on the E that he. So so the one that died on the E mm-hmm. didn't actually die. Her consciousness oh. is in the Borg collective, right? So they just create because her body was entirely yeah, yeah, right. Apart from the face, but even when you see the face, it's mostly it's all Borg. So it would actually make sense that she couldn't die if you'd have to get rid of the original queen. Upload, yeah. So, so are you are you inferring from that that Starfleet have got her in a, a secret of their facility? No, I, or I'm. I'm. God knows where she is or something. I mean, obviously, the the after Voyager ended, they kind of continued the story where there was a Borg Queen on Earth and mm. and stuff like that. I didn't really read a lot of those novels. No, me neither. Um, I read enough to see that Seven and Nine became a hero because she took on the Queen. Mm. That obviously didn't happen. So uh, that was the most interesting part of Picard for me, <laughs> um, seeing uh, Seven and Nine back in the fold. But mm. what it has me interested is. So far, two of the series, Control and Android, mm. it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Control is, is is part of what's happening in Picard and, you know, it's all interconnected in a way that we, we're just not seeing. Mm. What do you think um, the most Star Trek, Star Trek things I've seen recently is in the animations. The RAS Prodigy. Um, Prodigy I haven't seen yet. But even... And, um, Lower Decks. Even with Lower Decks. Because you don't actually... I know the original idea for Star Trek Discovery was it was going to be an anthology and that it would only deal with Lower Decks. And it mm. seems like they've taken that idea and put it into the animation so they can do the, 
you know, now we've got a captain again and Captain Burnham. So yeah, well, because that that's what I, I agree with you. That's what it was. It was like, oh, you know, when when you were reading all the read ups and the hype about what's happening, it was like, oh, you know, it's going to follow this um, African American woman who's a lieutenant commander and she's a bit lower down the track and we're not sort of going to be involved in the bridge and the captain and all that and it was absolutely opposite she wasn't a lieutenant commander she's a commander second in command then she got booted again you mutiny. know um, <laughs> mutiny a little bit of a oh, does that happen in Star Trek you know um, I mean it does but you know it doesn't feature so heavily and then um, all that and then now she's a captain and it's like oh okay well we didn't really follow that for too long but you know we're back to the captain and the bridge and she's in charge and the admirals and all that stuff. I got I got to admit uh, the first episode of Star Trek Discovery what I was thinking by the end of the second episode was if you considered Kirk's history mm. <laughs> even if you're looking at the new films mm. Everything he does up until the moment that he saves or saves people on Vulcan, right, is a mutinous event. Mm. And yet the captain goes, oh, well, you're second officer. There's, there's no, you're going to be fired. You know, we can see you're trying to do the best thing here. And then you look at Star Trek Discovery, which is set in the same time period, and someone who actually maybe started a war. But it wasn't intentionally. Mm. Um, and advised by a Vulcan ambassador. And yet she's booted. Mm. Like, in the original Star Trek, I, I the Vulcans seemed to have a lot more authority than what they seemed to do in Discovery. Mm. Mm. So that was, again, the more I dissect it, the more I'm like, you know, I get the story, I love the story, but sometimes there's those, those pieces. But yeah, the animation seemed to be the, the really feel-good. And the other one is Seth um what was it uh uh the Orville oh, I love that absolutely love it I cannot wait for the third season third season, season it's going to be under Disney yes apparently it's already um it's in, filmed it's in production it's all, all done yeah, yeah what, what, I, what I've read was that it's done they're just waiting to release it for some reason or maybe they've got a virus on there I got to admit, I, I, Seth MacFarlane's comedy sometimes does leave a little bit. <laughs> it's risky. <laughs> that first episode. Yes. It's, it's uh, risky. Um, and but it, it seems it does seem to be the more Star Trek. Mm. You know, you could see his love for Star Trek in it. And, oh yeah. You know, Robert Picardo coming back to play a character. Marina Sirtis. Marina Sirtis. Um, um, speaking of which, how did you... Riker, uh, Riker, bloody... Oops. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Frakes directed some episodes. Yeah. Mm. And speaking of those two, how was it for you when they turned up in Picard? Oh, tearjerker. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was just... <gasps> but I need... I want to discuss that with you. I, I, and, and if you're happy to go there. It was, it was beautiful. Him and Riker were great. Um, especially when they were sitting on the dock of that thing, and oh, that was it was a tearjerker for me because I know Patrick uh, Patrick Stewart said, "Oh, this is not going to be a trip down memory lane," and let's see where all the Star Trek: The Next Generation cast members are. But 
that's what people want and I think it was really lovely to see that but he he introduces when when um, Daj Daj the android that he's with yeah when they when they turn up and he goes he goes this is he says something this is Will this is Android's former daughter. first officer yeah. Will Riker but then he says and I can't find anything anywhere on all the forums he says and he says and this is commanded Deanna Troy well why did he introduce her by rank wouldn't he say this is Deanna because him and her had such a meaningful she was his rock all throughout the next gen she knew about all the, you know his brother and nephew burning in the fire la 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 you know not going to be able to have a family she helped him through you know when he was made a child in rascals and next generation all that sort of stuff it to me it felt very and then she gives him a burst in that episode and says you know pull your head in mate (laughs) but why i know it might seem innocuous but why did he this is will they shared quite but this is commanded deanna troy introduced her by a title why didn't he say this is deanna well i think you answered it when you said this is will Riker, my first officer <laughs> you know the title is there to begin mm. with um i think picard was always that kind of straight-laced yeah. um now it, it should have been this is my number one yeah I mean, I have to watch it again because I can't exactly remember what he said, but I know. But then, sorry to cut you off. The other thing was when he was dealing, when he shut down Data's consciousness, that was another tearjerker. Oh, my gosh. Because I didn't, I knew he he liked Data. I knew he was very fond of Data, 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 but I didn't know he loved him like he, you know, like he, that came out in the thing but then when data asked to shut him down and the um uh he was leaving the consciousness to go into his golem body yes i think you're right he said to data goodbye commander because it was a very touching moment before that but then and, and maybe that's i don't know maybe that's so he didn't get hurt by it so he you know brought it back to the formal because it was a very touching moment then he says goodbye commander instead of going goodbye data my assumption would be that um that formal french um because remember Mm. he was a french even Mm. though he's english (laughs) french vineyard owner he grown up in france and Mm. very much you know if you think back to next generation when they're on the ship he's like this is this is the day but you know that's the only time he's really informal with will Mm. you know even when he's on the ship it's commander where you know someone else mm. is there i think if they didn't have the android there mm. it would have been it's really good to see you will yeah really good to see you right um could have been i mean we're never going to know but it could be establishing trust and rapport you know this is a yeah she's not just johnny come he's commander deanna troy she's da 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 because Darge was very untrusting and, and as for for data um i think Despite its flaws, Nemesis really showed that interaction between mm. everything of first contact. The whole last act is him going to get Data, mm. who really, Star Trek, I mean, Starfleet would have just said, no, nah, he's an android. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, the one needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm. That's true. But you're going for one person who's actually not a person i think picard right then is saying no he's a friend he's a very dear friend so and then when you look at his love for the android in nemesis Mm. you know even before like 
the 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 passion he has in the old style the car and and stuff like that he really mm. enjoyed that aspect and mm. yeah oh, that's a different yeah that's something i haven't considered because i was like oh why did he say that but anyway so yeah i get it i think it's very formal in that but yeah um i gotta admit brent spine is coming back um yes as dr alton sung or and apparently another character that's got nothing to do I mean, and this is the thing, right? I knew he didn't want to do Data anymore. No, that's right, yes. Right, so letting him pass away <laughs> in that way, um, Picard, i I got to tell you, I mean, technically he's got this unlimited body mm. with the reserves to go to his normal lifespan. I liked how the writers kind of said when Picard's dead, it's because Patrick Stewart's dead kind of thing. Mm. You know, um, you can only survive until you're supposed to die, but... Brent Spiner, Independence Day. Yeah, I like those movies. Uh, so Brent Spiner's in Independence Day. Correct. Right, in both of them. Mm. Uh, I mean, I like the second one, but I didn't really like the last act of the second. One. <laughs> I like I like the second one better than the first one. Yes, you did. Yes. I, I, for me, it was missing Will Smith. Yeah, it was. I agree. And to say that he was dead, that was like, oh, okay. Uh, I mean, that was a bit of a cheap shot. It's like, oh, he's not here because he's dead. Yep. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Don't need to explain that one. <laughs> but it, it was more than that for me as well. It was kind of like when you get the alien queen right at the end. <laughs> it was like out of a video Chasing game. Chasing <laughs> the school bus. It was really out of a video game. It's like, let's fight. Let's you know. Uh, I mean, I've seen that in a few movies, but Brent Spiner in that movie didn't disappoint. No. I was waiting for a sequel to that film. I was so disappointed. Uh, I, it was the same disappointment I had when I heard Star Trek, the Stargate wasn't going to be, had that sequel film that, every, oh man, now I'm hearing about a possible Star, Stargate resurgence and, oh. Um, just a quick segue, I know this is, but did you hear that Babylon 5 is getting a... Yes, um, I heard about it before not, you told me. I was never me. a big fan of Babylon 5. Um, it's sorry, funny. But no, no. Yes. I, I agree. In fact, when I when I was talking to you about that initially, in my head, I was thinking Farscape. Yes. Right? So I was like, oh, I'm so excited because I, I was watching Babylon... No, I was actually watching Farscape. <laughs> uh, and yet, the funny thing is... And what irritated me with SG-1 is when the Farscape characters came on SG-1. <laughs> ben Browder just didn't bring it. <laughs> uh, it, it just didn't. Um, I don't know what... Uh, so in, Intensity of action. Uh, it, it's funny. I remember seeing the guy that played Tilk in yep. Stargate in Batman... Um, Dark Knight Rises. Yes, yep. Right, and thinking, well, at least he's still getting some bit parts. I didn't realize he was a games, right? Did you realize that in that Atlantis episode when Ronan's fighting Tilk, mm. that you were watching someone that's going to be in Batman and someone that's going to be in Aquaman? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> Would you even imagine? <laughs> no. I thought, oh, he's different. Okay, yep. That's, he'll be in this show. Oh, okay. He's acting Oh, jeez. He's in Dawn of... Ju- oh, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> he really pulls off that Aquaman look. I can't yes. imagine anyone else doing him anymore. No. No. Like, the, 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 the carefully sculpted blonde king is gone. Like, I can't. <laughs> But I loved him as Ronan. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. In for fact, sure. for me, the hardest part of Star Trek Atlantis, uh, Stargate Atlantis, not Star Trek Atlantis, that'd be weird. But um, <laughs> Star Trek Atlantis, the next series. Uh, the Undiscovered Country. Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, copyright. <laughs> um, but the, the hardest part was season one because of Lieutenant um, Franks or whatever his name was. Because being too IC and yet so being so green. Mm. When Ronan comes on board, that it really felt like Tilk was back. Mm. Mm. You know, it's like they had to go and get... Like Taylor didn't fill the void. Um, she was supposed to. Mm. But then when they brought Ronan in, Taylor was kind of like calmed down. Yeah. Um, Taylor was an interesting interesting character. Um, I, I liked her, but on the other hand, she annoyed me. You know, she was all she was all supposed to be tough and Yahoo. And yes, every now and then she could beat, defend everybody. But then all the other times she was getting captured, and then they had to go. Oh, goodness sake! I got a minute when I was watching Stargate Atlantis. The the one question I had all the time I was watching it was, why can't we just make a deal with the Wraith? The deal is, let's take you back to the Alpha, to to Earth. Put you on the Gould planets and let you feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> smorgasbord. Yeah, come on, sort it out, guys. There's plenty here. I mean, I know they're trying to protect Earth, but seriously, the diplomatic channels were. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. It's not like they couldn't have sorted that one out. I got to admit, when watching Anubis <laughs> uh, try to take on Earth, and I'm like, so, so how can you still be secret after all this? <laughs> yeah. Um, or even, you know, even having the Asgardians be little aliens from E.T. <laughs> oh, geez. That was like that. That's like that movie. Um, oh, Mel Gibson was in it, Signs. Yeah. And those aliens that are affected tremendously by water come to a planet that's 70, 80% water. Like, what were you thinking, producers? Hello. I, I, yeah. It, well, even the Replicator. Yeah. You know, um, you're telling me that someone who's had technology on Earth that's been hidden for centuries cannot handle a little robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're telling me that a species as as intelligent as the Asgard that actually knows what the furlong look like, <laughs> that they cannot solve a mating issue. Yeah. Why go cloning? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you, oh, sometimes with these shows, you got to go. Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to put that aside. And let, oh, look, they can't find you. Now, uh, so Emily, my fiance, never actually watched Star Wars. <gasps> I know she, 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 and so a couple of weeks ago, we watched the first episode, <laughs> um, Phantom Menace, because I wanted to start it from there. So when we get to episode four, I don't have to explain who the characters are. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, sad. That- well, you you heard the uh, <laughs> I mean he was the first to come back in the force mm-hmm. so how does that line up with ancient history of all the history <laughs> you know if, if you look at Star Wars the Old Republic game the MMO there's like Sith Lords running there everywhere <laughs> uh, Palpatine himself um, <laughs> with Rise of Skywalker I tell you just <laughs> terrible stuff <laughs> yeah because uh, oh yeah I heard someone the other day say Rise of Skywalker was his favourite film and I almost slapped him uh, I I don't know why I couldn't get behind it 
even though it was pretty much the exact story nah. that was in a comic. Yeah, yeah, nah, I didn't get to either. Nah. Um, quick segue, Mandalorian, I like that on Disney. Yes, Mandalorian. One of the reasons why I said to Emily, go watch Star Wars is, I know you like watching a couple of Mandalorian episodes, but yeah. did you understand it? She was yeah, like, no. Nah, like, I, I really did like that. That was good. It was... It's interesting because um, Dave did not figure out who the Mandalorian was until he took his helmet off and got. <laughs> I was not expecting that guy. That drops. Yeah, I mean he was great in Wonder Woman. 84. What What about? I'm going to come back to that. Um, <laughs> uh, what about Bo-Katan? In um, so the end of Mandalorian season two, um, the female Mandalorian that always takes her helmet off. Yes. So she was from the Clone Wars. Yes. And voiced by the same actor that played her. Okay. Yes. All right. So there might be a pause here for a little bit if a motorbike comes right past. <laughs> um. But yeah, okay. Coming back to that Pedro Pascal and Wonder Woman. Yes. Did you enjoy the film? Loved it. I couldn't stand it. Oh, true. I love. Sorry, I take that back. I didn't love it. I liked it because there was a couple of things like we've just discussed that were a bit like oh, like um, uh, what's her face turning into that cat thing. Um, Tigress? Yes, turning it up was like, oh, okay. Because she was, um, originally, she's in the comics as a person of Themyscira who turned to the goddess Hecate for that power. Yes, yeah. So, no, I... To me, Wonder Woman 1984 took away from anything that Justice League did it didn't matter which version and, and mm. Justice League the Dax Diner version was to me the far superior mm, version mm, oh yes completely right. agree worth every minute but seeing Steve come back the way he did I hate Steve I hate it I can't stand it because Wonder Woman in the original series in the Nino, Diana Prince I love you Diana um they didn't do anything like that and it's just ruined it for me that they love each other like, was it? you I didn't... knew it in the original series but it didn't at least in it. the original film they told each other and then he blew up like <laughs> they may have experimented in things that men were not needed for but <laughs> yes not... oh that's why I want the, the latest Wonder Woman I like it but it's ruined it for me and she could at least do the twirl and turn into Wonder Woman I don't like it that she just has the outfit on under the... The best part of that film for me was when you see the original Wonder Woman at the end. Oh, Linda Carter at the end. You know, seeing seeing her there, the original... Whatever she is in that film, the original Amazonian or whatever. Um, Yeah, something starting with A, I can't think of it now. Yeah. But, yeah, so seeing her in the end was really cool, but it it, it was just one of those films I I don't own. Mm. Like... No, I, I've got it down low. I've got it on the, the paid thing, but that's it. I'm not yeah. going to buy a copy. Now, the Batman trailer. <laughs> For those viewers out there, uh, Nick's face... Well, not viewers, listeners. Nick's face just went into dismal reaction. One of the things that I said 
initially when I heard that Robert Patterson was going to be Batman was, are you kidding me? How you can't go from Ben Affleck to me, the best example on screen of Bruce Wayne and Batman. The reason I say that, I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, you can't go to Robert Patterson. And then watching the trailer, I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to like this film. No, I agree. I can't stand Robert Patterson as Batman. Oh, I mean, I'm still going to give it a chance. Oh, me too. I'll watch it. I've given everything I hate a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I just know, like, he's the Twilight guy. That's where his box is. Well, and, and then he did that movie, Tenant, which I hated. I actually didn't mind Tenant. Okay. I, and that was the one reason I, I saw Tenant. I was like, maybe I can see it. Yep. Yeah. Maybe I can see it. I think we were recording once. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I think, um, yeah, maybe. I'm going to give it a chance. But okay, so my favorite Batman, live action Batman, um, has was Ben Affleck. Okay. And I don't know what I said that your eyes just went, yeah, no. No, no, that's not true. I, I liked Ben Affleck. As Batman, he he did it justice. My favourite one will always be Christian Bale. Ah, uh, see, for me, someone who studied and pushed himself to the limits of his the thing about Christian Bale's montage of physical. I mean, he yeah, he's there. But if you look at Ben Affleck and, and his montage that they had in Justice League, where he's pushing the weights, and you're, you're like, this guy has pushed himself to the point where he mm. is. And, and got nothing left the way that he did Bruce Wayne running into Metropolis as Superman's attacking it and mm. the, the the care that his employees cared for him and all that kind of stuff it was yeah that to me was um amazing interesting perspective of both Bruce mm. Wayne and Batman so for me my my favourite Batman is still the animated version um with Kevin Conroy okay um, simply because for me growing up that was the 90s that kind of genre Batman and then seeing Kevin Conroy in um, the uh, was it the Arrowverse crossover oh yes yeah. you know, seeing him as a dark twisted version of himself was very interesting but definitely not my favourite on screen <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know Michael Keaton kind of had it but again I think yeah, Ben Affleck's Ben Ben Affleck was good at it. Yes. I think it was that muscular, mm. like you could you could see him mm. being just as dangerous. If you think going up against Bane, mm. it's muscle, you know, and physically being able to take on someone who's junked up on steroids, I can't mm. see Christian Bale being able to do that. No, no. Well, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my perspective. That's, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, he became my yeah. favorite. And also the way that it, it, in um, Batman vs Superman, when he attacks the row above, mm. the way that you know he sets off the bombs and then just comes in and wreaks havoc. Yes, like like that to me is what Batman. You know, you're not stopping and caring about. You know, mm. the grenades come and chuck it back in down there. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I um, understand. And if you go back to Michael Keaton's Batman and Batman Forever or Batman Returns, you know, think about how he deals with the circus game. The smile on his face as he puts a grenade and shoves the guy down. So, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> and they were good Batmobiles, FYI. They were. They were. So I think that's that's almost fif- that's almost fifty minutes. So 
Oh, do you say that in a podcast? Do you? No, no, oh. no, no. I'm saying it because I just didn't realise we talked for that long. Okay. Um. Um. So I think we might end it up there because I really want to have more time to talk with you in our next podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want this to be just a one-time thing. No, no. Um. But yeah, thanks for joining me today. No and, worries. And getting this off the ground and really fun to see someone else who enjoys talking <laughs> sci-fi elements of the positive stuff that we can get out that's there. it <laughs> yes no worries jason oh good okay guys we'll catch up with you at a later time <laughs> <laughs>